Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just Writing Long, brought to you by ProGold, the C word, and ProGold again. <laughs> I always want to say the letter C. It's the first thing that pops in my mind when you say that. Anyway, um, tonight we are without Full Face Kenny, and in his memory, uh, well, I mean, he's not dead, he's just sick, and we didn't want him to get us sick. But anyway, in his memory, uh, we decided that since he doesn't have a Twitter account. I don't, I'm not used to talking to Mike when it's that far away. Um, okay. We decided since he doesn't have a Twitter account that we were going to, uh, we made a Twitter account to use in his absence as if it were sort of like having Kenny here. Um, the Twitter account, if anyone wants to follow. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't think that one through. <laughs> is Beer. At not full face, or no, sorry, it's at no full face Kenny because not wouldn't fit um, as a Twitter handle. So it's at no full face Kenny, no spaces. Um, and that will say that his name is not full face Kenny. I don't know if Kenny will ever use it to post anything. Um, I don't know if he's going to get pissed off that we made a Twitter handle that's full face Kenny ish. But, um, you know, so if you're, if you're Oh man, that's two. That's two of our f bombs used up right there. Do we get extra ones since Kenny's not here? No, I don't think it works that way. Or do we lose f bombs since Kenny is not here? Uh, I would say so. I don't know. Oh, there we go. <clears throat> so lots of cool stuff going on tonight. Um, first and foremost, uh, if you call in, I will probably drive to wherever you hey, are. Hey, we have a caller on right now. Oh my gosh. I'm glad we said that. It's holding for two minutes. Oh, man. Let's answer. Okay. Hello, caller. You're on the air. What's your name? <laughs> Hello, I'm Benjamin. It's Benjamin. Sorry? I said, it's Benjamin. What's up, man? Yes. Yes. So, I appreciate uh, you guys answering my question uh, last week, but I was wondering if we could elaborate a little bit more. I know I didn't give you a lot of information. I forgot what but, your question uh, was. Uh, it was what type of um, cable routing do you guys prefer? Um, and what I was referencing to was, um, you know how there's Jaguar and I believe you pronounce it Nocton or? Nocon. Uh, Nocon. Nocon. Thank you. Um, the K is hard. <laughs> the, uh, I've had a lot of mechanics tell me that they adamantly hate knock uh, uh, on. Yeah. And uh, Most they never do. told me, uh, but they never told me why. So um, I appreciate when people are very passionate about hate, but I want to know <laughs> why. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you. With, with the, the knock-on housing, or I guess in California they pronounce it knock-on. I don't know. Um, but, so it's it's a little bit more difficult to install than normal housing, so it takes a little longer. Um, Think about this. Noton housing is like the love of your life. Other people will look at it and see its flaws, see its shortcomings, see its obstacles, and they'll dismiss it. But you, with your love for it, 
you'll expect it slow. You'll see its it strength. You'll see its shiny beauty, and you will love it once you've experienced it. <laughs> Whatever. Now, I'm going to say um, it looks great. It is a little harder to install, but the big problem with it um, that makes most mechanics hate it and most people hate it once they use it for a little while is that all of those little links where they touch each other, they all start making a little squeaky noise. And so it's, it gets really noisy and people will you know, maybe bring their bike in and be like, oh, can you, can you lube these up for me? Or, you know, like my bike's making noise or it pretty much, it, it looks nice, but it's functionally, uh, I mean, the compression lift is nice also and it shifts well, but there's no problems with like a good quality, you know, like regular solid housing either. So, yeah, I, I think performance wise, it doesn't make a difference. Look wise, it probably looks better, but um, it does make noise, um, at least the one bike that I had it on for a little while, it, it made a, a whole lot of noise within a couple of weeks. Um, okay, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, that's the information I was looking for. Are you parked on the side of the interstate? Uh, I just moved to San Francisco, and so I'm walking through the city. Oh, okay. I just got off work. How's the weather there? Uh, really cold. I know. I know. Ben uh, laughs at me whenever I comment about how cold it is. And it's a blistery thirty-two, um, and he's got snow on the road and ice on his face. But to me, it's really cold. <laughs> to me, it's really cold. It's thirty-two there. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's really windy too, if that counts. But. Man, that's like that's Arctic in in California, isn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm from San Diego, where it's 70 degrees all the time, so I'm I'm pretty freezing. I bet people are dying. <laughs> well, I also live in Oakland, so that's actually quite true. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. All right. We'll see you later, or talk to you later. Bye bye. Man, he's going to be real sad when we tell him that, that we may not take five calls anymore. Maybe. We'll find out. <laughs> that has to be determined in the future. Okay, um, we did have a question via Twitter. Matt, do you want to read that since I think he Twittered it towards you? Grant? Is that who you're asking about? Uh, yeah, the STEM question. Oh, he didn't. Did he ever send you another picture? <clears throat> he didn't send me another picture. So, uh, Grant Beauchert, but I don't know. I'm not looking at it right now, and I'm not. I haven't, committed, I haven't committed it to memory. I'm still I'm still working on some other stuff right now, uh, so I can't pull it up. But, uh, yeah, he asked. He's building a gravel bike, and, well, I guess I need to. Let's answer another question first. We'll come back to that one. Or let's talk about something else for a second. So, Let's talk about the um, plight of American youth right now. Oh, God. Um, or we could talk about the... Uh, Single-speed uh, neuro chain Or we could talk about abortion or... No, um, don't do that. The tea we party. could talk about health care. Um, I'm having a health care issue. You don't want to talk about that? <laughs> I was going to make a really bad joke, and I'm glad I didn't. So. Oh, well. 
No, I'm still, while Matt's looking something up on his phone, I'm, uh, if you've been looking at my blog, I've been trying to figure out why my left foot um, and my outer two toes feel like they want to explode off the end of my foot sometimes on long rides. Because you weave. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, and, and so I went to, uh, well, you can read the whole story on my blog on Brickhouse Racing if you want to. What is um, that, BrickhouseRacing.net? Dot com. Dot net. Dot com. Is that hosted by AOL? <laughs> at AOL.com. <laughs> BrickhouseRacing at AOL.com. Is that a, uh, <laughs> is that a lock girl page? <laughs> at uh, Hotmail.com. <laughs> oh, man. You know, at my job, I deal with, I deal with people that have a Hotmail account on occasion, and it's rather... Um, AOL is the worst thing. <laughs> oh man, I can still remember that back when I was a wee one. I know in high school, like getting no, the I was in middle school. Yeah, that's scary. I was like early middle school. I remember talking to my first girlfriend on AOL Messenger. Oh man, did you did you meet your first girlfriend on AOL Messenger? No, of course not. We met at school. Okay. So were you like Messenger sexting? I was like in seventh grade. Sexting didn't exist back then. Short because I asked it. You just said you can look it up on Brickhouse Racing. Oh, no, what you should have said com. is you can look that up at BrickhouseRacing.com or if you're ever unsure, follow me on Twitter at BrickhouseMTV. Yeah. And I usually post a link to my tweet or I tweet out a link to all of my blogs there. So if you ever want to follow me, you can always hop in, go back to the archives, read some old stuff. So yeah, that's what you should have said. But yeah, you well. suck at social media, so obviously. Boo. <laughs> Boo. So yeah, you can go back if you want the whole story. But anyway, so I'm having I'm having problems. It seems to be nerve based, and uh, each time I see somebody about it, they they think that it goes higher up my body than the last person. And oh, rock your body, body. And so this uh, most recent doctor that I've seen seems to be very competent, and he's um, yeah, according to. Everyone I've talked to, everyone loves him. Um, he wants an MRI taken of my pelvis and my lower back. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I know. You can see all my insides. Whoa. But, yeah, so he wants an MRI of both places, and apparently my insurance company thinks they know better than him, and they're saying, no, you can only do the lumbar spine. You can't do the pelvis at the same time. That is, then we're not going to cover that. A different way to think of that is they would like to cover the first one, have that one evaluated, and then if and only if necessary, they would like you to do the second one and have that evaluated. And what yeah. they're trying to do is prevent overspending, which would allow doctors without morals to call for unnecessary and rather easy procedures that could make them extremely profitable. You, I'm just you need to get out of here with your logic and reason. I'm just saying <laughs> if a doctor knew you needed an MRI on part one and said you might need one on part two, then the doctor would just profit by sending you through the MRI machine again, which if you've never had an MRI, I recommend it. And <laughs> I've had two MRIs in my life. They were Would probably, MRI again? They are probably the best naps and also Where did you have MRIs? Did you hit your head? 
Um, so I've had an MRI on my knee once. Um, I had a lot of problems with my knee when I raised BMX. Um, a lot of that, uh, looking back, I think was due to poor pedaling mechanics and bad clipable setup. I mean, I just didn't know any better back then, and, and no one really did at that point. I mean, people that were road racing and stuff did, but like people in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, probably didn't know better back then. So there's a lot of things that I would set up differently for myself now. And I would, I, I mean, honestly, I would love to have the ability to share. If I could go back in time with the knowledge I have now and share it with my previous self and my previous fellow racers, it would be wonderful. Um, but I can't, so we'll move on. Um, but the other thing is the, uh, uh, the second MRI. The second MRI, I uh, I hurt my wrist, oh. and uh, they MRI'd it to make sure that there, none of the little itty bitty tiny bones and ligaments and junk were misplaced and torn and broken and stuff. So, well, damn. Yeah, so but, I'm gonna have my lower back MRI, and uh, I'm fully expecting to have at least three herniated discs. That's like the disaster that I have worked out in my head. Um, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting the the person in the MRI room to give me a very solemn look and be like, you'll talk to your doctor tomorrow. And, <laughs> and your doctor calls you and they're like, are you sitting down? And they're like, this is the last time you sh- you'll sit down. You should lie down. We're going to come to your house and put you in a full body cast. <laughs> Worst case ever. Paranoid parent. Yeah, exactly. So I'm bound to be in a body cast for at least two years. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what I'm going through right now. It's not really that interesting. But if you're interested, you know, go to my blog or something. Uh, you missed a, a perfect opportunity to drop a, a a cuss word there, so. What? Really? Or some shit. Or some shit. <laughs> oh, man, this is the perfect header photo for, for Kenny's. I, I put one in there. Kenny, not full-face Kenny. No, not a not a profile picture, a header picture. Oh. It's a picture. So Kenny loves chicken nuggets. And Kenny oh, loves man. having chicken nuggets as currency. And the other day, I went to Walgreens in order to purchase some Vaseline. Um, <laughs> because, well, I wanted to get... get some lotion so I could get some uh, treatment for my hands. I get really bad dry hands. Um, I always have. I probably always will. I have calluses like the size of like the front range. Um, I've said dimes and you said the front range. What? I've been so drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So what I did is I wanted to get Vaseline. Um, I find that normal lotion doesn't work, and it makes my hands feel really greasy and nasty, and I can't do anything while I have lotion on my hands. And I found really the only thing effective is to put on a a disgusting amount of lotion and put those like a lightweight pair of thin gloves 
on. That way I don't transfer that lotion into like my sheets on my face, the dog, whatever else is like, you know, in the bed with me and then go to bed. And when I wake up in the morning, it's like Cinderella. Suddenly my hands are like, like baller, like not all like callousy and look like they belong to a 70 year old woman who works in a clay field. So, um, I have, uh, I went to, you went to buy some Vaseline. I went to buy some Vaseline to use as a super hand lotion and, uh, there was chicken nuggets on the ground and I took a picture of those chicken nuggets, which Kenny would refer to as the last American currency of Bitcoin and got nothing on the chicken nuggets because you can't get Bitcoin. You can't even touch a McNugget or a, yeah. bi- a, a Bitcoin. You can it's touch a McNugget. It's got to be specific. It is a McNugget. It's not just no, a nugget. No, right? it's, it's chicken nuggets. No. Is it? I thought Kenny used Kenny, McNuggets as currency, look, not just any If nuggets. you took Kenny a bag of frozen chicken nuggets, he would be, he, the only reason he would be sad is that he didn't have a deep fryer to cook them immediately. We need to talk to Kenny about this. Look, it doesn't matter. Hey, the point of the story is there was chicken nuggets. There were chicken McNuggets all over the ground. All over the ground in this parking lot. And I took a picture of Kenny and sent it to him, and he was sad because there was wasted chicken nuggets. So I'm surprised he didn't go over there the next day, like on his way to work. And, he uh, right yeah, he's right across the street. So, um, but mm, oh damn, I've done it twice now. What? I'm just gonna have to deal with that later. What's wrong? Um. So, Grant, oh, I already went and looked at the picture. Grant Beauchert, that's, uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, that is G, B as in boy, O S C H E R T. Or you look up me, at Beanpole Matt, and you could find where I said, send a pic with Top Cap off. We will answer on Mountain Bike Radio tonight. And he sent a picture which didn't have the Top Cap off, and that's why I asked for one. And he says his steer tube is too short. And it shows the bike is built up, totally slammed that stem. And I don't know if he means it's too short for his preference or if there is some, like, steer tube issues here where he doesn't have enough steer tube inside of the stem. Um, first scenario where he would, he would, the bike is built in a safe and functioning fashion. However, he wants, he wants, everything is within the manufacturer's recommended specifications and he wants it to be taller in the front, well then you have to buy a new fork or you have to get a grandpa looking stem and point it up. You don't really have any other options there. However, you can it, get riser bars too. For your cross bike? Was that on a cross bike? It's on a cross bike. Okay, sorry. My bad. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Ryan's got like a grandpa riser stem on his. The other, uh, the, the other scenario, which is much scarier, is the Stem is not properly, if, if there's not enough steer tube inside of the stem. And the first thing you can do is get rid of the bearing cover. Um, you can run a slam that, you can run a slam that stem bearing cover, which is, I mean, it's cool. They're really thin. Um, if you really just don't care, and I mean, let's say that you've already got some time invested in this bike. The picture is pretty limited, but it's 
obvious that you have a garment mount on this bike, you have a caution sticker on this bike, <laughs> um, and you already have cables and housing on this bike, so you look like you're pretty far down the road of you're going to ride this. So if the steer tube is too short and it's just a little bit too short, take the, top, the, the bearing cover off. Oh, um, I got another one too. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to steal it right out of you. I'm going to steal your thunder. So you need to take the bearing cover off. That's first. The second thing you need to do is get a Thompson stem. Oh, a Thompson stem it. has the lowest stack height on the market. So from the bottom of the stem to the top of the stem, a Thompson is going to be shorter than every other stem on the market. So you can run a Thompson stem and still get good like grip. And if you want to be a douchebag and say, well, what does it matter if a Thompson only grips 38 millimeters? I'll put you in that voice. If a Thompson grips 38 and this FSA is gripping 38 of its 44, what does it matter? Well, it matters because you have a bolt that's up there at the top of the fork and it's not really gripping. It's like pinching the top of the yeah, fork. Yeah, so like we're, we're saying this scenario that we're talking about right now is that that steer tube is going up to like where that top bolt is. Yes, like the center of the top bolt. Yeah. And if... If that's the case, that's kind of... That's kind of dangerous, and yeah, I mean, get a get a Thompson stem and take the take the take the bearing cover out, off, I mean, and you'll get it down just a little lower. I mean, if that steer tube is like halfway between the bolts, then dude, just yeah, just stop. But yeah. if if you're close, those King Creek bearings, you can get the stainless steel bearings for twenty five a piece. So even if it toasts a bearing in like three months, I mean, come on, you get to ride the bike for three months for eight dollars a month. That's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, and it's not going to toast a bearing because you're not going to ride that bike that much because I've seen on Twitter you're putting out Operation Don't Get Dropped 2014, and the reality <laughs> is you're going to get dropped in 2014, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Even if the steer tube barely touches the bottom bolt, it doesn't matter. You're not going to ride it because you're slow. Damn. How did you get to that? I don't know. You I went from, like, I'm going to help you out to, like, bitch, you're slow. I just wanted to mess with him. I, I don't really think he's slow. I have no idea. I'm sure he would destroy me in IRL, but, you know. I don't know. If I saw someone ride up to me with, like, a caution sticker on their top tube, I would I would be doubtful. I bet his legs are really hairy, and he puts his leg warmers on top of his shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Grant, you know, we're just kidding. Uh, if you have any questions, you can always email directly in. You can email to Matt at Mountain Bike Radio or Andrea at Mountain Bike Radio. And or you can tweet to No Full Face Kenny. Yeah. Or you can, you know, if you have quite a real question, I mean, I know you've asked a real question, but if you have some more, if you want to send some more pictures or you want to, um, you know, figure it out, just just send us an email or, you know, contact us some more, and we really will help you work through it because the, and the last thing to think about is you know you can go and you can get another fork pretty easily for that bike, and you can do that for $200. And my question is, would you let me punch you in the face as hard as I can for $200? And the answer is no. And that's what will happen. The ground will punch you in the face when that fails. You won't be riding along and suddenly things are kind of weird. Suddenly your face is touching the ground. That's, you'll yeah. be holding on to the handlebars. The handlebars won't be holding on to anything, and your face will touch the ground. Gravity and the pavement have this way of teaming up and making this like unstoppable duo. And then you have the trifecta when Road Rash comes in. But so. we're, we're hoping that it's scenario one. 
I mean, we can't tell because we don't have a picture with the top cap off, like we didn't get that clarification. We're hoping it's scenario one where he's saying my steer tube's not long enough and I need my bars up higher. Like he just can't put any spacers on it not high enough. Not that the steer tube is somewhere in the middle of that stem clamp. Um, you know, so if it's scenario A and it's safe, but you just want your bars higher, then yeah, look at like flipping your stem, look at, you know, uh, I mean, shit, they make like those, those hinged, like grim. No, I mean, you don't have to get one of those. Um, those probably the, wouldn't be good for cyclocross. Those won't be good for anything because they're really heavy and they'll creep. You can get an FSA one. FSA makes some plus 30, don't they, or some plus 20. Easton used to. Easton, I think, still does. They don't make the 20 anymore? No, that's why we won't sell any of ours. They, they don't make a 20 in some stem. Oh, well. Just just get your bike shop to uh, pretty much on your, your bike shop's distributor page or like their site on quality bike parts. They can sort through stems by like length and angle and all of that. <clears throat> You know, get them to just sort through that and look for the ones with the most angle to them and, and raise your bars up that way. I mean, it's it's not going to look like super pro or anything. but I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure he's flexible. He just bought a TT bike. Okay, well, I mean, if you're comfortable, just whatever you have to do to make it comfortable as long as it's safe. Yeah, that's that's kind of thing. And if, uh, if anyone says anything to you about it, then just drop them. Yeah, just drop the hammer like me. If I say anything to you, just drop me. Exactly. Oh man, I'm getting. You want to talk about a? Uh, I want to just mention really quick narrow wide chainrings and single speed, just because I thought very briefly that they didn't jive together that well. And I know Kenny's got a lot more experience with the narrow wide thing, but <clears throat> I put what? I mean, I'm running narrow wide on all my bikes. Yeah, yeah, and you're using a 10 speed chain, right? Ooh, maybe. I'm using a 10-speed chain on the 10-speed bike, that's for yeah. sure. I have no idea what I'm running on the single-speed. You just, like, pick one. Okay, so, well, that's what I wanted to get into, because that's a question that I've seen around a lot, is that people want to know, if I have a narrow-wide, do I need a narrow-wide chainring for my single-speed? First answer to that is, as long as your chainring, or your chain line is good, no. You don't, it's not going to make a difference. You, you will not, if you have not worn out components and a good chain line, you will not drop a chain off of your single speed. Um, if you do drop a chain, something's wrong. Either, you know, maybe you lost a chain ring bolt, your shit's worn out, whatever, your chain line is a little off, you know, something else is happening there To if you drop a chain on a single speed. Um, so it's not necessary, but if you do use an arrow wide chain ring, um, you know, like, SRAM made those under the, I guess, assumption that you'd be using an 11-speed chain. Um, so I actually got an XX1 crank for my single speed just because I wanted to, like, pimp it out. What am I doing? I know it. And the first thing I did was I put it on my, you know, I put it on my bike, and I put a cog on there that I had never used before. I set the chain line upright and everything and rode it once. And it made it made a bunch of noise. Like it was real just kind of gritty sounding and just didn't sound good. And I thought, wow, I got I have to use an eleven speed chain on here. And I did that. 
and it was I think I might have changed the cog out at the same time or something I don't I don't remember but turns out that cog was like warped <laughs> so um, the moral of the story here is on the narrow wide chain ring you don't have to use an 11 speed chain I'm pretty sure I've used a 9 speed chain yeah yeah and and I want to bunk this a little bit further chains get narrower an 11 speed chain it's narrower than a 10 speed chain it's narrower than a which is narrower than a 9 than an 8 if you're telling me you can't run a wider chain on a cog, I will eat my hat. The wider chain may on a single speed. If the the wider chain may cause interference issues when you're trying to make a shifting bike work. It might rub going through the uh, uh, the the derailleur cage. It might have too much slop on the cassette and not index properly. And it might want to early shift and do some weird stuff if the chain is really wide. But guess what? You really have to look at getting narrower to work right. And that's the big thing. It has to get narrower to work right. So when you're going from an 8-speed to an 11-speed drivetrain, that 8-speed chain probably won't work with XX1, I hate to tell you. But I do want to tell you that that XX1 chain... Will work with anything. No, it won't work with anything. Really? No, no. Does it not go on... No, if you run a chain that's too narrow for your setup, it won't work. Now I know that some people with nine speed might run a ten speed chain, but again it doesn't I was gonna say like a ten speed chain will work on anything except XX one. It won't work on some eight speed stuff. Really? Yes. Okay. Your chain will get stuck between your chain rings. Oh, I was thinking of the back, not the front. Yeah, the front is gonna be your problem. So if your chain rings have too much space in between them. Yeah. And then your chain can get stuck in between the chain rings. I was just assuming everyone ran one by. No. Um, <laughs> but to maybe bring this around, so I have, oh my gosh, I'm I'm such a dick. Uh, well, yeah. I have I have a specialized carb single speed. So I have the carb SL single speed. I bought it complete, and now the only thing that's stock is like the frame the headset, and the stem, okay, and the front fork. Uh, and because I'm a super dick, I ended up getting a car pro frame, which is a geared-only frame. It doesn't have the eccentric bottom bracket. I don't think that's a dick move. I think that's saying, oh, my God, I found a frame that I like, so I'm going to get another. I, I, I don't use the word like. Tolerable. I found a tolerable. For, I'm just kidding. I really do like the carb. It's a great bike. <laughs> I, I really like it. Um, the more and more I look at bikes, the more I think that specialized is just doing something that, that makes things feel good when you ride the bike. Uh, I think it's the big red S on the front of the head tube. It, I think it really makes a difference. Um, so much I've thought about cutting a red S out of out of a craft paper and pasting it on the front of all my other bikes. <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, no. I have I have XT cranks on both of my bikes and I have race based narrow wide chain rings on both of my bikes. And I've said in my mind it'll be easier if I just put a narrow wide chain ring on each of these cranks. That way if I want to swap the gearing dramatically I can just by pulling the crank off of one bike. So 
I run a 32-3-2 teeth on the single speed. And I run a 36-2, so 3-6 teeth on the geared bike. So that means on the geared bike I'm running a 36 in the front with an 11-36 in the rear. And on the single speed I'm running 32-16, anywhere to 32-21. Um, but if for some reason I wanted to run 32-11-36 on the geared bike, it would be as simple as just swapping the cranks real quick. I, uh, it, it is so easy when you have that that no chain retention system, no front derailleur, no nothing set up to swap a crank over. It, it, it's just so easy. Um, for me with the Shimano cranks, I need that little Shimano end of the spindle tool and a 5mm wrench. And I can do that in 20 minutes. Um, and the nice thing is you don't have to worry about chain ring bolts. You don't have to worry about torque spec on chain ring bolts. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but a Shimano crank is to be tightened to 10 to 12 newton meters, and I bet five out of six times I can get in that range without a torque wrench, so I just tighten it up. You mean like the two pinch the, bolts? The two pinch bolts okay. on the non-drive side Not crank. Not the pretension. Not the pretension. The pretension <laughs> is thumb tight. Um, yeah. There is a reason that tool is small and plastic. Um, I did once watch someone put a pair of pliers on that thing to tighten it up more. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, that was awesome. Um, but, no, and, and it's really cool. And I've been having no trouble with it. Uh, I do notice that the system is much noisier when wet. Um, you're getting a good bit more tooth-to-tooth -tooth interface, like tooth-to-chain ring interface, because every tooth on the front chain ring is touching the chain slightly. So as soon as it gets wet and as soon as it gets a little sand in there, um, it starts to make no more noise. But uh, the other day I was riding in a pretty, I don't want to say solid rain. It was a heavy, heavy mist to a light rain. Um, when we were riding like on the green line? Yeah. But we had gotten wet and we had gotten sandy before yeah, then. Yeah. And then on the green line, my bike was making a good bit of racket. And, I can hear you over the sound of the pain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so what I decided to do was just uh, pedal really hard. And um, it turns out that there was no issues. Uh, I'm having some slow shifting uh, on a handful of cogs, but that has nothing to do with the front chain ring, number one. And number two, it's because um, I'm fairly certain my cassette is starting to get worn out. I've only ran uh, one cassette on my... I've only owned one 10-speed cassette for Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess two, but the first one I didn't really ride much, and I sold it with the other bike. But, um, you know, I got that back before August. Um, I've ridden it, you know, I don't want to say a lot, but I've ridden it, I don't know if there's enough miles on there for it to be worn out. I mean, Well, the problem is in Memphis, and especially, like, when you live in Cordova and most of the time you ride a mountain bike, you ride on the Wolf River Trail, you, you use, like, two gears. Well, yeah. Constantly. I would, like, I would one say, or two gears I would the say entire that you, time. Because uh, an XT 1136 is going to have the 15, 17, 19 breakdown, okay? So, for me, running the 36-tooth chain ring in the front, I'm definitely... On the way down to the trail, I'm definitely on the 11. 
on the pavement. Um, it's about a 15 minute ride from our house down to the trailhead. And it's downhill most of the way. Yeah, it, it has a strong downhill bias. Like I would say it's 13 minutes to the trailhead. And if I turned around fresh right there and did the same effort on the way back, it's 13 to 14 minutes to the trailhead. I would bet it's 15 to it's, 17 minutes on the way back. Like just. Yeah, I mean, it, to put it in a little bit more like objective perspective it's like 200 feet of elevation gain from the trail to our house which i mean doesn't sound like much but so, when you look at that versus when it's cold outside and you gotta go down the hill well what i was going to say when you look at it in the other perspective that's like a 400 foot difference you know because you're either doing negative 200 or positive 200 so that's a that's a 400 foot swing so it is pretty big um i think it's 200 it's 150 or 200 i've looked at it before anyways what it and that's just elevation to elevation. That doesn't account to rollers, does right, it? Right, right, right. So, and it does, it, it has like a downhill bias or an uphill bias. Anyways, doesn't um, matter. on the way down, like Andrea said, I'm definitely all over the 11, um, you know, trying to get warmed up, trying to stay warm. Because um, again, you are going to ride the trail, so you're probably not dressed super, super, super cozy. You're more like trail hammer pace. So that's nearly not nearly enough clothes for like riding downhill on the pavement. At um, 25 miles an hour. Yeah, at, at 25. Um, and then on the trail, I'm always on the 15, 17, 19. Um, you know, Andrea said you just use a handful of gears. Really, I like to think of my gear bike in Memphis on the Wolf River Trail, especially. It's just a really, really fast single speed because you can put it in the gear that you normally couldn't ride, like you could ride a single speed in Memphis, 32, 15, 34, 15. Yeah, probably. No, you could. I mean, you could. You could put a 34, 15 on your bike and you could go out and you could ride it and you could go really, really fast. But you couldn't go slow. You, yeah, exactly. You couldn't go slow. You could not pull... Like, and if you slow down to, like, pass another trail user, like, a lady with a dog or, like, a, you know, a couple of guys on their, you know, entry-level bikes with their camelback mules full of Bluetooth speakers, like, whatever, <laughs> like, you would have a really hard time getting going again because you'd be running, like, the stupidest gear ever. But when you were rolling... You could ride that gear here, so it's really cool to ride the hardtail, especially for me to ride the 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 hardtail geared bike because I can put it in like the thirty six seventeen or the thirty six fifteen and just like kill. But then as soon as I need to be polite or courteous or a little more just laid you know back. yeah laid back, you just hit the shifter and you know XTR shifts like three times in one stroke of the lever, so, like, nice. yeah. Shram is like, I wish I could come three times. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So. That escalated quickly. So, um, I was talking about, like, you know, you, like, you hit it once, and it, like, like, you get three. Like, that's, that's kind of like cheating. <laughs> so, I mean, really, like, on Shram, like, it's like a one-to-one. -one. Like, they brag about that. It's like one-to-one -one shift actuation, and, like, you get one click for every like click like that's it like you have to like 
start you should, over. You should stop digging right now. No, really, like it's it's. I think it's nice on the Shimano stuff to be able to sweep it through. Is. It is in both directions because you pass by that person and you can stand up, put in a couple of hard pedal strokes, sit down, shift twice, boom, you're rolling again. Yeah. Um, I really do like as much but, as I uh, I like XX1. Hold on, hold on. We're gonna dial it back to what we were talking about though. So in Memphis, it's really easy to wear out three cogs on your 10-speed cassette. Yeah. A cassette wears out faster in Memphis because you are not shifting all over it. You might, like, use the high gears on the way to the trail, but when you're on a trail in Memphis, you generally use three gears. Yes. And because we don't have the long uphills that demand you use, the uh, like, the 36 or the 34 or whatever, like, the bigger gears... On the flip side, we don't have those more flowy open trails where you're on the 11, 12, 13, you know, all over the bottom of the cassette, ripping down the trail at 22, 24 miles an hour. We don't get that side of it either. So we're really middle of the cassette pedaling for most of our trail riding. All we should of our probably go riding. ahead and say, like, just for the listeners out there, how exactly can you tell when your cassette is worn out or when, if you still, like, what is going to let you know that you have some worn out gears on your cassette? I mean, first off, you look at your terrain and you say, yeah, it's flat here and I ride the same three gears constantly. What are going to be the symptoms? I mean, I know what they are. I was just getting you to say, what are the symptoms of, hey, that shit's worn out? So for me, I don't think mine is like totally worn out yet. I think... A bigger problem I'm having is um, because I have a a couple of gears I use a lot. Um, I've been getting some some bad shifting, and that's been showing out for maybe like two weeks now. And I haven't ridden that bike a ton. I, the last week doesn't count. I haven't touched my mountain bike in a week because the last time I rode it, it rained, and it's been like it's been raining. It's been like pissing buckets on and off ever since then. So. Um, and that's said pissing, not pouring, because that's what it's doing. It's just like... It's it's staying just wet enough to like keep the trails too wet to ride. It's keeping the trails just wet enough to really get messed up when people ride them. Yeah, that too. That's the way I like to think about it. So, um, the I started, I'm, I'm getting some shifting that I don't like. I have nice parts. You know, I'm running an XT cassette. I have XGR shifter and rear derailleur. And... I'm getting some shifting that's slow. Um, going from a, an easier or slower gear to a harder, faster gear, it's been sort of sluggish. Not sluggish like it's not doing it, but not fast like pow, 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 XTR, zam, pow, poof. <laughs> like, you know, 1960s Marvel comic, like, big action, bold, like, explosion word, like, shifting, shifting, yes, lots yeah, of it. Yeah, it's like you, you click, and then it's like a pedal stroke or two, and then it shifts. And what I've been doing is trying to fiddle with the barrel adjuster and get my shifting better, but then on the return, going back to those easier gears, I'm getting some, like, jump, bump, like, you click it, and it's like, kakada, 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 click. And it's like, no, XTR doesn't shift like Tiagra. Come on. <laughs> I mean, like, that's like my XTR is working like freaking, uh, like, 8-speed Dior right now. So pretty much what he's saying is if you have 
a couple of gears that but, you know you use all the time. But it's really the, the the most important thing though is shifting from the 15 down to the 13 or to the 12 or to the 11 is like boom, it's on it. And then shifting from like the top of the cassette, like the 36, down to the whatever's next to the whatever's next to the because I don't know the top because it doesn't. You've never used them. Yeah, but it's just like I mean that's like through the 20s. Yeah, like much. like through your 20s. And then before you know it, you're 36, and you're like, oh, my God, what did I do with my life? <laughs> uh, another bad joke. That was a terrible joke. Not really. Like, it, it's really fast at all but those handful of gears. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this crash probably worn out because these are the three gears I ride in. So, all the time. All the time. Like, all day or a day. Yeah. So that's how you would know that you have worn out gears. First symptom is your trails are flat. And you ride the same gear all the time. It could be that, like one customer we had at the shop, and this is like a, a, a good, like, your bike hates you story, is he kept his rear, and he kept the chain on the 11. Or the no, 12, no, let's, whatever his no, bike no, had. It no, was let's the set highest this, gear. Let's set this up properly. This 40 to 60. Older gentleman. He was older. I mean, when I say older... He was he, he very least, had kids in high school. Yeah, he had high school or college age kids at the very least. Um, he bought a Cannondale hybrid, like a a quick six, which I is like it was a like the cheap mountain bike. It wasn't. Oh, you're right. Bike, it was like a, a trail six. Yeah, trail it was a trail six, six which at the time was like a five hundred and thirty dollar. Might have even been four ninety nine. No, no, they didn't. No, because until they brought out the Trail Seven, they did not have a sub five hundred dollar okay, mountain okay. bike. So it was like a five hundred and thirty. It's the cheapest mountain bike you could get with disc brakes. Hold on, but let me. Uh, From Cannondale. Well, Cannondale didn't do a V brake mountain bike. Okay. But it so five hundred thirty bucks. It has like a Sarah rear derailleur. Yeah, something like eight that. speed. It has Pro Max. Disc mechanical disc brakes. It has like a dart. No, it has an RST fork, steel stanchion, and it weighs like 34 pounds. And it comes with like a Kenda small block eight tire. So it's a really a nice wire bead small block eight. Yeah, wire bead small block eight, 26 2.1 tire. So it's a fabulous mountain bike. <laughs> now that we've set the stage up. Oh, and, and the drivetrain is three in the front, eight in the rear. How did he ride it? He kept the chain on the 11. 11 or 12, whatever was on there, the highest gear on the cassette, and only shifted the front. Three on the tree, baby. <laughs> tree on the tree. And it, um, it started to jump on that 11. The 11 tooth cog was so worn out, the chain under heavy pedaling would blow over the 11. Like it would, it would skip. Um, well, the chain is engaged on so few teeth right. that when those teeth wear out, it's like, no, 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 we're not doing this shit anymore. That's just like that kid at Washita. I don't know what the hell that kid was thinking, but he had a bad time. When I raced Washita last year, and if you're out there, call in, send me an email at matt at mountainbikeradio.com. Tell me what the hell you were thinking and why in the world you did this. Please, please tell me why. He had a 
I'll run through this quick so we can get back to the story. He had a Santa Cruz highball, which is the carbon hardtail frame. He had profile BMX cranks with like a 25-tooth <laughs> chain ring on them. And he was running what I think is was either an XX1 or another nice SRAM derailleur as a tensioner. And whatever cog he needed to make that right. And lo and behold, about 12 miles or 15 miles into this 60-mile race, his crap was... I'd heard it skipping, and I'd heard him having a meltdown with it skipping. <laughs> because that's what you do when you have this really crazy bike that you've decided to make special because you want to do something different. I'm raising my hand Micro because, drive. because I do this stupid kind of crap all the time with bikes, and I'm finally getting over it because I'm like, hey, look, there's a reason people ride normal stuff is because it works really well and it's really easy. Anyways... He was standing on the side of the trail cussing at his bike because it was blowing over so bad. And we had went through some gnarly water crossings. We had went up a couple of nasty climbs. We had been stuck in traffic at this point. I mean, and then, like, his thing was skipping, like, every four pedal strokes. And I was like, honestly, it was skipping. And he was, like, the lead rider. He was, like, the engine of our train at that point. And I was thinking, I can't wait until it skips bad enough for him to have to stop so I can get around. Because, <laughs> like, he was soft-ish pedaling and, like, dealing with it skipping and, like, cussing at it and, like, having just, like, total, like, DEFCON 5 meltdown there on the side of the trail. And I was just like, ooh, boy. <laughs> but, anyway, so this dude comes in and his bike was skipping. And it, it comes to light that he's only been using these following chainring combinations. 4411, 3211. 2211, <laughs> the awful things you've overheard in the shop and because you know when you're talking to customers day in day out and I mean even if you go back and listen to this show I'm sure there's a thing or two I've said that is just totally stupid um, because you you want you want to talk you know people are asking you questions and you have to talk day in day out day in day out about the same stuff and on this notepad, like the idea at the shop was if you heard somebody say something that was just really silly, you wrote it down. Like a customer or the other mechanics in the shop? The other mechanics in the shop. And at this shop, one of the co-owners had said, messing with the front is a little bit harder and you have to think about what you're doing. But you can go up and down and up and down in the rear all day long without thinking about it. <laughs> that was a lot funnier. Which one of them said that? I, was it Jay? Oh, was it... Uh, it was at the other shop. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Matt just made a crude finger gesture to, to explain Stop. to me who he was talking about. <laughs> Anyways. I wasn't um, going to say what he did. So this guy, 
had worn out his 11 tooth cog on his $530 mountain bike because that's the only rear cog he ever rode it in. So what did we gain by talking about this? Don't micro drive your single speed because it's stupid and you should probably not ride your bike in the 11 all the time. Bigger is better. Bigger is better. Yeah. Ooh. I think Dickie is riding big gears this year. He was talking about running a 38-2 chainring on one of his, like, seven custom hardtail rigid single speeds he has because he's an idiot and he keeps buying different bikes. <laughs> I love you, Dickie. I'm just kidding with we you. We need to have Dickie on the show sometime. I think that when we go to the six hours of Warrior Creek, we yeah. should we should get Dickie to do, like, an on-site recording with us. We'll do a Dickie episode, and he'll be like, he'll be I like, don't know I'm, what to say. He'll be like, ah... Can I type it out ahead of time and read it? <laughs> Can I just read from my paper? He'll be like that Jewish kid on yeah. Weekend Update with Adam Myers yeah. or Seth Myers. Adam Myers. I want to do Weekend Update with Adam Myerson and Dickie. Oh man, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be so weird. So yeah, if for some reason That'd out there so Adam Myerson is listening because he's not. he's a professional road and cyclocross racer. His yeah. new wife is rubbing Epsom salts on his sore back. And I use the term professional loosely. Oh, oh. snap. Hey, that, that's cool. He's going to bash you on Twitter. You're third that. row, and I'm still on the couch, so that's fine. Would, <laughs> would, would 21st call-up be third row in cross? That's eight people in a row, I right? I don't know. Anyways, anyways. Um, Something like that. Yeah, Adam Meyerson could host the weekend update with... Uh, with Dickie as the Jewish kid that can no, only read? No, well, Dickie would be the, uh, what would it be? The Jewish nephew? Yeah. I mean, he's not his, his term isn't the Jewish kid who can't read. No, he can only read. Uh, what, what'd you lose? My phone. Oh. It's right here. I was going to take a picture of Marley sitting in your lap and post it, but he jumped down because I started moving around. He's back. Marley likes my lap. Turns out my dog likes me a lot. Yeah, Matt's dog really does like him. Before Matt, like, so I'm I'm usually, like, I, I train and do laundry and you know that kind of stuff i'm like i'm like a freaking professional cyclist martha stewart combination of some sort except you haven't gone to jail <laughs> i'm also not very fast so there's that well, she, i don't do a good job of either one of those things hey but you do have a radio show and she has a tv show so i think you're pretty close yeah yeah and i, I mean and if i, I can to... vouch that matt's dog around i guess matt gets home sometime after 4:30. About four o'clock, his dog is like trotting around and kind of looking at the door. And he usually will either lay on the arm of the couch, like closest to the door, and watch the door, or just you know somehow he acknowledges the door and is waiting for Matt to get home. It's pretty cute because Matt's dog is pretty damn cute. You know, I know everyone says their dog is really cute because Marley is. Let's face it, dogs are like kids, and everyone loves their dog. Right. Well, you know, I'll admit, Indy, Indy is my baby, and he follows me around like my shadow. But he's got an ugly butthole, and he's funny looking. Yeah, he's kind of like short-legged and stuff. Marley's like a specimen. He's like a little deer-shaped doggy, and he's really cute, and he's really sleek. And he has this nice collar, like a cool name tag and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. He's got this peanut-shaped spot on his back. I really like Marley. I'm talking like people talk about their kids. I'm gonna take a picture of just, just Marley. Oh, just Marley. Yep. 
So you don't yeah. get to be in it. Yeah. And and the like the the sad bachelor part is before I moved in here there was a while that I lived in my apartment and I just hung out with Marley so he learned tricks back then I let him I'd, I'd feed him stuff and like <laughs> teach him how to, <laughs> teach him how to do tricks oh that's so, so cute uh, he still knows some of them he doesn't like laying down there's no carpet in this house so he didn't mind laying down on the carpet but on the tile we should like, talk about something else bike related uh bike related stuff yeah, yeah that's not gonna happen this is just riding along and uh. We'll I want to of, talk about what's a good press fit 30 bottom bracket because I think I found one or yeah. a better than. Yeah, I can tell you a good press fit 30 bottom bracket. It's <laughs> called it's called BSA and it threads in. It's a normal bottom bracket. <laughs> okay, so like we've said before, <laughs> do not drop the mic. Uh, like we've said before. Manufacturers are going to press fit 30 because it allows them to use. It's cheap. It's, yeah, it is cheap. It allows them to use bigger tubing so they can make a stiffer front triangle. Mm, big stiff tubing. I love yeah. it. So I they can use it. a bigger tubing and their frame weight is going to be lower because it's just a, you know, like a hollow tube. What? Never mind. Keep going. We'll talk about that in just a second. Don't pull on that. <laughs> Quit doing that. That's carbon. It'll explode. Um, anyway, <laughs> with the Press Fit 30 bottom bracket, a lot of people have found that the cheap plastic shell SRAM offering does not work well in their frame. And actually, I discovered... Ever. Don't try this at home. Ever. Yeah. Just take that bottom bracket... And throw it into your neighbor's yard and hope they trip and fall on it. Because that's the best thing that bottom bracket could ever do. Yeah, so even like on my Cisco, when I put one of those in the frame because I had forgotten to order myself like a nicer one, it didn't spin that great. It it just didn't. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like the best thing out there. Using didn't spin that great is very, very lenient. <laughs> <laughs> I could throw the crank arm as like no chain on the front on the crank or on the chain ring and just throw the crank arm as hard as I could and it wouldn't make a full rotation. So yeah, so to put that in perspective, who is the company? Someone makes a Shimano ceramic offering. I don't know. American Classic does. Okay. I installed one of those in somebody's China carbon bike when I still worked at the shop, and he's like, he was an Asian guy, and <laughs> he was really excited about his China carbon bike with his Mavic Cosmic Carbone clenchers with 700 by 19 tires. Um, he was really <laughs> excited about this. He was on a light bike, and you know, I just went with it. And he was like, oh yeah, this bottom bracket, it, it spins a lot better, a lot better than a Shimano bottom bracket. And the reason I needed to use that, that voice was because this dude's standing there telling me how much better this spins than a Shimano bottom bracket. And I'm like, womp, womp, and like making like a jerking off motion right now. Cause I'm like, dude, Shimano bottom bracket's been fine. It spun 21 revolutions with no chain on it. He counted? Of course I counted because I do that. I count how many like revolutions I grind into mashed potatoes. Are you serious? Maybe. Oh my God. 
I, I know that you count, like, when, when Matt pumps up a tire, he has to count the number of pumps. I do. I, I count the number of pumps I put into a tire. I count the number of, like, turns on a wrench if I'm, like, threading something in. I count Are the number. Uh, oh, God, this is worse than I thought. You no, know, there's other things that I count. I'm not pulling on my lever. That, um, you know, it, it's like, uh, really weird stuff. Like, if I'm trying to, trying to take, like, a really quick shower. I count to like a hundred, and then like my shower's done. <laughs> um, You're weird with numbers, aren't you? You know, I I just uh, I guess uh, <laughs> I mean yes, yes I am. I'm very weird. I'm very this is yes, I'm very weird. Um, and I'm cool with that. Um, I wore my room colored pants today. I mean, I've got to be okay with that. So um, yeah. anywhere where I was going with this is that. We haven't talked about bikes at all tonight. We have a little bit. Um, the, the that SRAM, like that plastic shell BB or whatever Pressfit 30 bottom bracket is, it's pretty bump. And there are some good offerings out there. I know Chris King makes one. I can't attest to the quality of it. I'm sure that it's fine. I'm sure it's a a good quality bottom bracket. But the point with Chris King is their customer service. Sucks. In my experience and in Full Face Kenny's experience, because I've listened to him on the phone with them, I've never heard um, Matt talk to Chris King on the phone, but I can just say between me and Kenny, neither one of us has had a good experience with Chris King customer service. I've, I'll be honest, I've never called him. Okay. Well, I have. I've called him before and gotten the like, oh, we're not riding, bro. I'm riding, leave a message. Probably not giving hand jobs to midgets. Whoa! <laughs> that's like a, what is that, a uh, Louis, point No, that's a Louis C.K. joke, and that, look, <laughs> I would like to apologize for the previous statement. Even in my very lax opinion, that was over the edge. So. But, yeah, so I have found that the wheels manufacturing um, PressFit 30 bottom bracket is excellent. Um, the bearings are just a little bit tight when you, actually when you take it out of the box, but they feel the same way when you put them in the bike. They don't change at all. Um, and within one ride, I'd say even, I can kind of tell when I'm riding because I'm crazy like that. Like, I'm the same way with, like, how a bike feels as Matt is with numbers. I'm not that weird about it, though. It's very passive. I don't store any of that information. Okay. Well, anyway. For more than like a few minutes. Okay. Well, I can I can feel when a bike changes. <laughs> but anyway, so I'd say within the, the first, within like halfway through the first ride, it felt like a totally normal bottom bracket and confirmed, you know, when I got home, like pulled the chain off of the crank and spun it and it, it spins absolutely 100% normal. So if... You know, and, and that's kind of weird because I wonder if on that Cannondale Evo that I had, they eventually let me return. Um, I I don't know if maybe the wheels manufacturing bottom bracket would have helped, would have fixed it because I was using the Cannondale bottom bracket. And why would that have helped? What is different about this wheels manufacturing bottom bracket that makes it more tolerant to these types of intolerances than others? Um, Two things. It's got angular contact bearings. Yep. It also is, well, and this is different. Well, this is kind of the same as the Cannondale one. It's, it's a metal shell, not the plastic shell. It, it's all the angular, angular contact. contact. Because the aluminum versus the, 
Additionally, on your first Kendo, you found that it was dragging with an aluminum one. We were able to remove the aluminum one. We right. could not remove the plastic one after installing it. Yeah, yeah, that that Cannondale frame, my first Cannondale frame I had, we tried installing the plastic shell PF30 bottom bracket, and we were actually unable to remove one of the cups. And when I say unable to, I mean like laid it on the ground and someone large hammered on the removal tool as hard as he could and it wouldn't come out. We've already we've already talked about this, but like I was straddling the bike using my leg to support the down tube. So when I hit the bottom bracket or hit the you know, hit it and it tried to move the bike, the bike wasn't moving and someone else was hold Andrea was holding the bike in place and I hit it until my leg hurt so bad I stopped. Yeah. And it it didn't ever budge a quarter of a millimeter. Um, not, maybe not on that frame, but I wonder if on any of the frames where they had actually run a tool through it, if that would so, made a difference. Um, found out something during the show that is kind of cool. Uh, there's a guy in town, Michael Carpenter. Him and his wife had a little baby named Lily. They had a baby? Uh, so Michael Carpenter is now a daddy. So oh, man. You officially have old man power now. May the best of luck be to y'all, and scary. when I see you out on the road in a few months, I'm sure you will be a monster because you're going to be riding the trainer and doing work, so uh, good on you, man. Cheers. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. So That'll be a cute baby. That will. That, that baby will make it far in life. <laughs> or just eat a lot of pot brownies. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure that baby will make it. Michael is married to a very, uh, Michael, a normal American white dude, married to this very attractive, um, uh, let me rephrase that. I don't want to discredit that. I don't mean very attractive in a supermodel way. She is very attractive in a plain Jane, everyday life kind of way, like normal person like you but see in the grocery store. Are. Like they're, 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 they're a cute a, couple. They're going to make a cute baby. Yeah, they're well above average for your normal society. Yeah. And uh, they just had a baby. And let me tell you, mixed race babies, phenomenal looking. I have a three-year-old oh, nephew like. who's interracial, and he is adorable. He is adorable. <laughs> for they 12, are. It's so not fair. For his 12th it's birthday. It's so not fair for us, us people that are just plain Jane, like two white people had a baby, and it's like, eh. But you, you know, like you mix a I can't bit. believe I can't believe we're talking about babies on the show. Um, <laughs> if you want to talk about something bikes for just another second, this will drive. This only drives you crazy. This drives me really crazy. And um, I can take a photo of it right now. And this, I'll explain why you take a photo. So on uh, SRAM Red, the newest version of the SRAM Red 10 speed, and I don't know if it's on the other ones, um, the front shifter, so your left shifter, the shift paddle, what's that? Uh -oh. There the dog. The shift paddle, um, it is inset a tiny bit from the brake. And I guess it's from a little bit of tension on the derailleur cable. No? Okay. Well, it, it's a tiny, tiny bit inset from the brake lever, and Matt's taking a picture of it right it's now. It's not a tiny bit inset. To make my point, what I'm going to do is take a picture. Tap the picture where you want to focus. No, it's not that. I'm trying to... 
I'm trying to like get this to make sense. Matt's trying to make a visual reference of how big of a gap there is between the shift paddle and the brake lever on the road shifter. On the front shifter, there's a gap there, and on the rear shifter, there's really not much of a gap. And, and that's the part that blows my mind. And it drives Matt insane. Like, I never even noticed it until he pointed it out. And I'm dead serious. It drives me crazy. Because the thing is, and I can, I can send this out in just a second, you're riding down the road, and you're holding your finger on the brake lever. And you want to slip it back onto the shift paddle just a little bit and kind of feel that transition between the two. And on one side, the transition is nearly seamless. It's like a millimeter, two millimeters. On the other side, it's the thickness of an entire number two pencil. It's like a lip. So then when you go to slide your finger back forward like a flip. So I shift with my middle finger. Um because I have pretty big hands, I like to leave one hand, or I like to leave my index finger gripping the, the front side of the, the shifter, like on, the, on the, like the front of the hood, and then I shift with my middle finger, and then I'll slide my middle finger back up towards the brake lever so I can squeeze the brake lever if I need to with my middle finger, because I don't really, I can't, my hand is too big to leave my middle finger under the hood when I brake because it'll get chomped by the shift levers. So it my hands don't feel the same and there's nothing I can do about it. Tram warranted one of mine. Because of that? Yeah. And it's still it, it the next one was really no different and I was just like, you know what? They're just idiots and they didn't get this right. So yeah, Ryan's is like that too. Every one of them is like that. And it just drives me insane because, well, I mean, it just shouldn't be like that. It, it just, uh, it just shouldn't. I mean, there's no, I using this term, I get it, it drives people crazy, but it's not really acceptable. Like, you've built two shifters, and those two shifters should ergonomically feel the same. And while you may not think that this is a big deal, it is, and, like, I don't know, it just, I don't know, I, I can't talk, and, uh... Twitter at the same time? You want me to end the show while you're... Yeah, uh, I just... Oh, my Lord! Oh, my God! What happened? Oh, my God, Grant, you're going to die. Grant, you are going to die. What, did he post the... He did. Grant, you will die. Um... Don't ride that bike like that. I need to understand how that fork got so short and where it came from. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Grant, don't do that. None of our listeners should ever ride a bike with that sort of a gap. Oh. So if you go to Twitter oh, user... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think I'm getting it. What? I mean, it looks like it is down Hold there. Like, we need... Uh, I'm trying to make sense of what I'm seeing here. I mean, it looks it looks pretty much like he says seventy percent of the stem is covering the fork tube. I wonder if this is a mountain bike with a rigid fork. You know, I said it was a drop bar. I 
I need to know more about this. Grant, send us some more pictures to Matt at Mountain Bike Radio. We've got to wrap the show up, and we will uh, reevaluate whether or not you will die. You will die. Yeah, like you, you will you really, die. You shouldn't. You shouldn't ride it like that. And if you just have to ride it, don't ride it. You know, ride it on the road and take no. your hands off the handlebars as much as possible. If you just have to ride it, put it on the trainer or ride it on the rollers. If you have to ride that, get a steer tube extender. What? That won't do any good. I, I'm just messing because we love steer tube extenders. Okay. Um, I'm going to wrap the show up. You got anything else to say? I no. mean, I'm sure I have lots of things I could say, but I don't know if they're really pertinent. Um... I would like to thank all of my sponsors. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, everyone, really. everyone be sure that you go to Twitter and follow um, at BrickHouseMTB and at BeanpoleMat. All spelled exactly. I mean, none of those have like spaces or anything weird in them. As well as at no full face Kenny. So uh, follow those three people if you want to listen to the people of um, Mountain Bike Radio just riding along. Uh, this has been another episode of what show is this? Just riding along. That's and this this show was brought to you by Shram's lack of consistency in road shifters. Um, <laughs> Pro Gold Bike and uh, Pro Gold again. And Thanks for everyone for listening. We wouldn't do this without y'all, and we only do this for y'all. So give us some good questions for next week, and I promise I won't talk about interracial babies. <laughs>